Welcome to the official podcast of the Canberra Raiders. Join us as we go behind the limelight. Hello and welcome our valued podcast listener. You've tuned into Behind the Limelight, the official Canberra Raiders podcast. I'm Raider Nick and I'm joined by the media boys here at the Canberra Raiders. Batman, we've got Robin, we've got Benny Pollock and we've got Tommy Logan. Gents. Great to be Holy here. Holy rusty iron, Batman. It's good to be back, <laughs> but uh, not, good to, uh, not good to be talking about another loss. Um, you look, unfortunately, I feel like I'm saying the same thing every week, but um, just fell short uh, there on the weekend uh, against the Tigers, who came with a lot to play for. Mm. Um, they obviously have a finals position beckoning for them. Um, for us, it was about putting in a good performance, and uh, aside from the, the 10 minutes where Joey Lalua was off the field and we let in 16 points, it was a pretty pretty good performance by the guys, but um, as been the tail of the tape for the most of the season, um, we just couldn't quite get the job done. Disappointing, wasn't it, Tommy? Yeah, obviously shattered because I think that was a game that really, you know, our season mathematically ended. Uh, not the way we wanted to finish, but um, we'll move on and look to wreak havoc and upset a few of the, uh, I guess, the teams that are sort of pushing towards that uh, final final spot, sorry. So ended up 22-20, of course, you mentioned 16-0 and once uh, BJ goes to the bin. So plenty of character, get back to 22-20, all of a sudden if that six minutes goes differently, we get the two points. But you know what, gents, I walk out of there feeling a bit more positive because I actually saw some some character show. They didn't drop their bundle and and uh, it, like, there was a point in there where Bordy dropped the ball. He was so dirty on himself. You can, you can tell how much it meant to him. They still care. 22-20, it wasn't the win, but they came back and fought hard. And like you said, Tigers, plenty to play for. They're still playing for a finals berth. Yeah, that's right. Um, and for us, you know, we've got plenty to play for too. We've got three matches left now, the Roosters, Rabbitohs, and then the, the trip across the ditch to play the Warriors. And uh, we're going to catch up with the coach very shortly, Ricky Stewart, um, who's going to speak to us very candidly about where the season is and how things have progressed and and, uh, I'm looking forward to hearing his thoughts on um, everything that's going on and, and how um, he looks towards next year too because that's going to be a massive part of the way we approach things uh, in terms of the pre-season and um, exactly um, what's gone uh, pear-shaped this year. So round 23 at home again at GIO Stadium. Of course, uh, Ricky Stewart Foundation Day. The Bulls will be wearing that uh, alternative strip for that beautiful foundation, of course, sharing it with Huawei. But uh, big game. Channel 9 cameras will be about. Benny, there's a few changes to the team and some guys making their debut for the Raiders. Yeah, there is. Emre Gula gets an opportunity to make his Raiders debut. He'll be rated number 353. Look, he's a young guy. Um, with plenty of potential. He's played a lot of junior rep, uh, representative footy. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how he goes. Uh, he's a number of changes. Uh, he goes in the, into the bench uh, position. He'll replace Jack Murchie, who didn't uh, feature in the game last weekend. Uh, Brad Abbey will play fullback uh, this weekend. Uh, he'll move there. And Nick Kotrick back to the wing. Uh, a change there by the coach, Ricky Stewart. We're going to ask him about his thought process in that uh, the second part of the podcast today as well. Uh, and then, obviously, Elliot Whitehead, um, as he did last week, will play in the centres um, with those injuries out wide. Um, he's been named in the centres again this weekend with Blake Austin at 5'8". Good to see uh, Elliot Whitehead. Jeez, he's quite versatile. He can play at six. He can play, obviously, in the back. In the centres uh, this week, marking up against Blake like Latrell Williams. We'll have his work cut out for him. Yeah, I think it's it's great that we have a player like Elliot who's able to play in so many different positions. And he's also 
I think knocked up quite a few tries this year, which is great to see. Um, so hopefully he can, you know, put a couple over against the Roosters on the weekend. As you mentioned, Nick Matchday sponsor Huawei bringing you this game, and they're doing a whole host of activities up centralising around the special jersey they'll be wearing to promote the autism wellbeing message and also the Ricky Stewart Foundation. So looking we're encouraging a lot of people to get down there, get behind the team, head to raiders.com.au, find out more about the jersey and how you could potentially own one as well. Man, the coach, the boss, Ricky Stewart. G'day, Rick. How are you? Afternoon, Nick. Ben? It's good to have you on, Rick. Um, I suppose, first of all, let's talk about uh, the team news this weekend. A couple of changes there. Um, the main inclusion, I suppose, uh, would be Emre Gula getting an opportunity uh, to make his NRL debut. Always a special moment for a young player, and he gets a chance this weekend. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a real timing thing with uh, Emre. It's um, a good opportunity now to um, be blooding some... Uh, some younger players, the boys that I think that are going to be first graders next year, and uh, Emre is definitely that uh, that person. He's had a very good season. We've pushed him up into um, we've pushed him up into um, Mounties this year, and he's handled it very well. And I watched him on the weekend. He played uh, he played strong again, and deserves his opportunity to um, debut. But uh, it's all about just building a little bit of uh, experience for him this season, moving into next year. He's um. He's had some really good accolades along the way. He's played some rep footy at a junior level, and I suppose with um, Junior and also Shannon departing at the end of the season, to, it's a good opportunity to see your young forwards and see what they've got to offer. Yeah, well, we're, we're going to be calling on a, a couple of the younger boys for um, season 2019, and they're going to get a great opportunity to um, sort of start their careers at the NRL level with the club. Um, Jack Murchie's another boy that we're given a little bit of time to over the last three weeks, four weeks. I couldn't, uh, unfortunately, get him on on the weekend, but uh, Jack's got a little bit of experience with uh, what it takes to be, well, the intensity and the, the speed of the game at, uh, at this level. Um, he's had that little bit of experience and he'll get a little bit more going into the back end of the season, but it's important now to give those guys a, a little bit of a... Uh, a taste of it, and it just uh, it makes them even more hungrier for a pre-season coming up. Rico, we had Emre on the podcast earlier this year. He's a good kid with a good attitude coming down from Sydney. Just as on a coach's question, when do you make the decision to get the boys going into play for Mounties to get their kind of weekly physicality against the kind of heart and body? I see that through the, the collision and the contact at training. Um, Emre's a big boy, but he needed a pre-season under his belt and some time to play against men in, in the Mounties system. Um, he's handled that very well. He's a big lump of a boy. Um, he, you know, he's up against a very, very tough forward pack this weekend against the Roosters, and I would definitely not put him in there if I do, if I thought that was going to scar him in any in any way. I mean, physically it won't, mentally it can with some, but uh, he's a good tough kid. And with some of these boys, um, Emre being one of them, sometimes they're. Um, their asset in their physical toughness and mental toughness can be their biggest um, danger because you know uh, they can get hurt. But um, we've got we've got some experience around him too that'll lead him in, uh, in in good fashion. But I, I, I get excited by announcing the um, you know it's always hard when you've got to drop a player. Mm. It's always really you know as a coach it's really a uh, a nice part of your week when you're telling a boy that he's going to debut what would your message be for Emre to keep it keep it simple or would you have a few little things for him to to do out there look simple is really important but it's about making your tackles and and um you know work working on your uh, ability with the football you know and depending on what position you play him in the front row it's about you know tough runs it's about working the ground and trying to win your play the ball um 
but it's it's nothing that uh, nothing outside what got him to this position or got him to this level. Um, he he trains like a first grader. He he has the respect of a lot of the uh, the NRL boys because of the way he trains and handles himself too. And as a person, he's a great young man. And um, you know, you I'd, I'd never want to give a jumper to a guy that would be uh, not up to the the standards or the um, yeah, the 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 ethics that we we want to live as a raider, and he certainly handles that very well. He's a uh, um, very much a team team player. He's a a guy that trains with great attitude, and he's got good work ethic. Injuries have forced some changes to the back line. Obviously, Jared Croker and Michael Oldfield, you know, being on the injured list, and uh, Elliot named in the centres this weekend. But you've also decided to move uh, Nick back to the wing. Uh, tell us your thoughts on that on that decision. Yeah, with with Oli, uh, I've named him in the 21, given him every opportunity to play this weekend. Um, that looks like it's not going to happen, though. Um, but it was just important to put him into the 21 to give him that opportunity. Um, Jared Croker out and Jack White and out really does leave a, a, a great hole. And um, I've had Nick Kotrick back there for the last couple of weeks playing fullback, and I'm really putting him back to the wing so he can come back and enjoy a bit of footy for a chance uh, for a change. You know, he's uh, been under um, a real high workload over the last couple of weeks, and I think it's unfair on Nick to uh, for us in this position um, and not having a pre-season as a uh, and doing any work as a fullback. I just believe that it's time for him to go back and enjoy a little bit of football again on the wing. He's been under all sorts of pressure because it's a big job at fullback. You've got to count numbers in defence. You've got to make sure you're placing players on either side of the field, or the ruck, I should say, and creating those those numbers and spacings around the ruck for your uh, defensive structures. And, um, you know, with Nick having that on his plate, then I think the high workload he's got in regards to bringing the ball back and then being in shape for your attack, um, I could just see the wear and tear on him mentally. Yep. And I don't want to do that to a young boy. And Nick's only young. Um, because he plays with great physical attributes, it doesn't mean that it's a uh, he's a seasoned player yet. He's only a young guy. I want him to go back and enjoy a bit of time on the wing. Have you seen enough in him, though, to say um, going into the next preseason that he'll spend a lot more time during that period um, as a fullback and, and try and work him into that role a bit more? Depends what I do with Jack. Yep. If I want to play Jack six or one, um, that's that's the uh, the decision I've got to make there in regards to what Nick's going to do because Nick's a centre winger, um, got a lot of work to do to to learn how to be a one, and I don't want to I don't want to sort of stuff Nick around uh, because of the team either. I need uh, I need Nick to be in the best position for the team so he can deliver his quality football. There was a start of the year, Rick. Obviously, there was a post session against Mounties. I think it was a, a fan day. I think you ran Nick at fullback there a little bit, and everyone was coming out talking about how well with Nick there at fullback. The game against the Dogs, the start of the year, he laid on that first try from his own end, and then put you know put Rapper down the end. Everyone thought, wow, this guy's got that Greg Inglis kind of shape. Is it food for thought during Christmas, and, and is it weakening his strength? I don't want to. I don't want to weaken. A great strength to the team. He's a great finisher, isn't he, with those tries on the his wing? His yardage carries too. And his returns yeah. getting out of trouble is just. Yeah, and that's at the moment that is um, probably something that's lacking in his game because he has so many different carries and so many different types of defensive structures coming at him from a kick reception to where he actually receives a fo- uh, the football in uh, attacking shape um, is a little bit different to where he's getting the football as a winger. Um, he gives us so much. As a winger, he can play centre too. He would fit into a left or right centre spot very easily. A lot, you know, a lot, I think a lot more comfortable than he would as a one. So I, I don't want to lose the strength of what Nick Cottry gives us as a centre and or 
mainly a winger, by trying to teach him to be a one and then not contribute what Nick has to give the team. Um, that's really an important decision because it's a team decision I've got to make. It's uh, not just about the individual. It's um, it's also about the individual when it's you're taking a strength away from a, an area of the field. And that's, at the moment, I see that's what is happening with Nick. And, um, you know, he's, he's conserving a little bit of energy at times in his runs, which he never, ever does at winger. But he's conserving some of that energy because it's such a high-energy game as a fullback. Mm-hmm. Um, we want that raw, explosive energy on the edge. Um, we're at fullback... Um, it takes him, you know, you're talking to Jack White the other day. It takes you 18 months to find your fullback legs. It's like a game of chess there. You just, you've got to have a strong voice back there. Well, that, and, you know, you talk about how well he went in a scrimmage against uh, the Mounties in a fan day. That's a long, long way away from uh, playing NRL football and, and high quality NRL football games. That's right. The amount of legs, uh, the amount of Ks you do in the legs as fullback as opposed to wing, I suppose, is such a big thing. Rick, we'll come back to the football side of things in a moment, but I really wanted to focus today on the the, the fact that we're wearing the, the the foundation jersey, the Ricky Stewart Foundation Autism Wellbeing jersey again this year. Um, once again, Huawei's come to the party and given up their front of placement on the jersey. You know, on a free to wear game. Too, on a free to wear game, yeah, which is good. Uh, you know, put all the football stuff aside. Um, this must be a very proud moment for you. Um, to once again see the guys running out in this jersey, it is um, Ben. It's it's something that uh, you know every year I thank the club and Huawei to in giving us this uh, privilege and this opportunity of being on front of the the jumper. It outside the financial gains that we uh, have got over the last couple of years, the the awareness that it creates is the most important thing for me. Um, very very proud as the chairman of the foundation that. You see this on a free-to-air game. Uh, very proud of the fact that the boys wear it with great pride. That, that to me, personally, is a, um, a very sentimental thing. Mm-hmm. And just having, a, um, having the awareness for the foundation in everything we're doing at the moment for our, uh, our main theme, which is respite and care, um, just gives me uh, you know, a real... I just feel very, very honoured uh, on behalf of the foundation. The second respite home opened earlier this year, named after your daughter, Emma. Um, I mean, that's a special moment in itself, but to have that respite care for that next level of age group for the teenagers that um, probably there was nothing in place for that at the moment in Canberra to have that now must be also a very um, a very big achievement for the foundation to have that up and running. Yeah, what's satisfying, Ben, is the um, the, the word from the families. You know, the... the um the opinion and the gratitude that you get from the families that are using the centres um, is, you know, it, it, you just can't put a price on it. You know, we, we do everything we can to, to help the comfort and the uh, the families enjoy some downtime when they have their children uh, spend some time at the centres. And I just think that that's your greatest achievement and accomplishment and, and, and that's the biggest payment that you can get is the, the fact that these families are very happy and comfortable in using the centres and grateful. Rick, just on a personal level, I was seeing the, the foundation evolve over the last five years, working at your events and whatnot, and I've spoken to some of your friends that have, that have been there, the likes of Laurie Daly, Mal, Pumper Cassidy and all those guys, and I've asked them about you, and they've said this is, could be potentially Rick's one of his highest achievements in his career. As an athlete, as a sportsman, you've achieved a lot of collective successes individually as well, of course, just more recently with the Hall of Fame stuff. Where does this sit, what you've achieved with the respite centres, on your kind of timeline of your career? It's something that gives me a lot of uh, satisfaction outside uh, football. 
Um, you know, the foundation is there to help other people's other families and the children actually going into a comfortable respite centre. It gives me great, uh, you know, a very, you know, a very proud moment. I've got a very, very strong, powerful board who give me so much help and uh, support, and it, it, it just it doesn't generate any type of uh, um, momentum and what we actually have gained so far if I don't have the help of those people, the help of the community, the help of so many friends who are involved in businesses who provide, you know, so much uh, resources, um, uh, fin- uh, you know, financial gains, but also just people who are willing to help. It's personally for me. It's it, it's as it's as good as a uh, it can get from um, walking in and opening up a centre and seeing the children enjoy themselves. I mean, we were out there the other day at the with the Super Squad. Yep. Uh, what a great bunch of people they are! Absolutely, and we're, when we're handing out the jumpers to them, uh, just to see the the smiles on their face, they turn the jumper around and they see their name on the back of it. Yeah, that that's as good as winning a game, winning a game of footy. Rick, I want to ask, knowing yourself, you're very. One of those guys that probably find it hard to switch off when you go home. Your brain's probably shaped up for football. <laughs> this stuff that you do. That was not a very good football then. <laughs> this stuff that you see, the smiling faces, does that just kind of put you back into the moment, put you back into reality sometimes? That's, that what is what makes you want to do it. Um, you know, having the, um, the difficult period of uh, time with Emma when we couldn't get respite makes you understand how important it is. And when we were in Sydney, it was really, really difficult to find respite and care. And, you know, the odd weekend that we got it, we just knew what it was like as a family to live a uh, um, a life where you're actually helping your other siblings live a more normal life. That's what we wanted to try and replicate in the feelings of other families. And that's why we thought the theme of, one, awareness for autism, but also a respite facilities for all different types of um, uh, handicaps is something that we were very, very interested in trying to create. And as I say, without the help of a lot, a lot of people on my board, we couldn't have done what we've done here in Canberra with the two houses. But uh, from a personal point of view... You know, you, you, you're proud of it, but it's just something that I feel you've got to give back when you've got the ability to give back. And fortunately, if I just, you know, if I do put my name to it and I want to put some uh, hours and energy to it, I know the people around me can help me. Sometimes you see it as a responsibility as much as doing something that you, you feel is just a good thing. But I feel sometimes it's a responsibility. Allbids.com.au is where we're going to have the online auction for these jerseys on the weekend. So if you're listening, jump online, bid for your favourite player. The match-worn jerseys will be signed by the individual player and auction off. We've also got a team one and I think Rick's signing one as well. So jump online, support it. And once again, thanks to Huawei for all their support uh, for this program. It's wonderful stuff. Rick, back to the footy. Um, it's been a tough year. There's no doubt about it. I mean, uh, when you, you go into a season and you, there's so much optimism every year, doesn't matter what happens the year before, but um, when you get into the, the season and um, we sort of lose those close games and we, we finish the year, it looks like we, we won't be in the finals. Uh, it, uh, how do you sit back at the end of that um, and take positives out of it? So, uh, from a personal point of view, as uh, the head coach and the guy who's got to be accountable for it all, it's probably the most frustrating period of uh, coaching that I've ever been involved in. You know, the way we've been getting beaten is different to being beaten by three, four, five tries when you know you're not in the game. Um, I think it's a really high percentage of games that we've lost that we've been in, in front and we should have won those games. You know, we're reviewing it. We review it every week and we're reviewing it even more thoroughly as we go now so we can find exactly a factual 
uh, reason or scenario of why we're why this is happening. I mean, there's so many answers you can think off the top of your head that you think may be the cause, but I need to find the exact cause, reason, and and, and get to the bottom of it. Um, you know, I feel as though we're nearly there in regards to reviewing and uh, reviewing it and understanding what we've got to correct. Mm-hmm. Um, but we need to correct it because, you know. <clears throat> People say, "Yeah, your uh, your attack. You got you scored more points than any other football team in the competition." Well, well and good, but we're not in the eight. Mm. We need to be in the eight, and it's it's just it's it's not acceptable. Um, I, I I feel that we are a football team that can fix it, and I feel we're a football team with our attack. Once we do fix our defence, um, from choices to individual mistakes to teams team mistakes. Uh, I feel we can be a threat, but until we do fix it, we will not be a threat. No, no matter how many points we score, if you if you're scoring more points than the other opposition teams, but letting more in, mm. you're not going to win games. And it's it's just something that we have to fix. People say defence is an attitude, just as much as an application. Do you do you think that the attitude's been there from the guys this year, or is it does it come down to um, anything you can pinpoint significantly, or is it just a mix of different things along different stages of the season? Defence is an attitude, and it has to be an attitude of the 13 people on the field at the same time with the same attitude and, and, and application. Uh, I believe at the moment that um, choices, uh, some individual attitude, individual um, inabilities is, is costing us dearly, and it, has, and it has all year. Is the season too long for a young bloke? We talk about attitude. Is it hard, especially with this generation? There's such a wild generation now when it comes to focus. It's, is that a challenge? Uh, it's the same for every other individual and every other football team in the competition. Um, the one thing reviewing this and as I say we review every game thoroughly um, we don't look for excuses we look for reasons and and as I say I feel as though we are getting to a stage where we are uh, we have got reasons and the the one thing about a reason when you find it is it a weakness you've got to find a solution to fix it and that's what we're doing what gives you the confidence heading into next year I suppose what have you seen in this group of players that believes um, that things will be better next year well, I can't tell I've got any confidence right now, Ben, because it's it's still happening today. I mean, it happened on the weekend, and albeit on the weekend was a little bit different. You know, we had a 16-point uh, score to guess with scored against us with 12 men, but the week before we should have uh, we should have kept uh, kept the lead. We should have won that game, and um, it's been a it's been a common story all year. And I think now I've seen that much of it. I'm seeing a common thread or a common trend of what's happening to us, and it's uh, you know. For me now to go away with my staff to work out solutions on um, the scenarios that we're finding that are letting us down. And, and as I say, there'll be no fluff around it. There'll be no uh, um, easy options, safety zones. There's, we've got to get to the bottom of it and we've got to fix it immediately. Um, whilst we've got this ability to, to attack, whilst we've got this, this squad and this window or period of uh, uh, great attacking flair, we need to fix our defence. Having seen that too, I always get pulled up on the street and people ask me about uh, why are we always falling short, but it is only a you short... You walk along the same street as me. <laughs> it's, I get hit up everywhere, but, it, but it's quite positive though. You know, we get 14,500 there last week, 20,000 members this year. Everyone's still, everyone's still buying in. They're still turning up. There's still so much passion and vibe about the Canberra Raiders. Everyone knows the, that we're just... It's one of my biggest disappointments, uh, Nick, to have such support. And and we feel, I feel, we're letting our support down. Um, you know, there's... I, I, I mentioned this to the boys the other day that um, I know they play with heart. 
I was uh, getting a coffee before uh, travelling to the game on Sunday and I ran into two fans, a husband and wife, at a uh, local coffee shop and he said, I love how the boys play with heart. That meant a whole heap to me because, one, he sees what I'm seeing. He sees what I'm seeing every day at training because they are trying everything they possibly can. There's guys there not trying to miss tackles. There's guys there not trying to make the poor choice, poor decision defensively. They are really trying hard at the moment when we have not got the ability in defence and we've got to change that. Um, at the moment, we haven't got the the capacity to defend um, tough periods of time. We've got to change that. So we're, we, as coaches, we're in uh, a position that we've got to keep trying to find the, um, the, the areas of weakness, and we've got to provide solutions. We've got to pr- provide answers for our players, for our fans, you know, the, the, the real fans that um, are there week in and week out, you know, those 20,000 members, the, the 14,500 we had last week, they're the people that I feel we're letting down. And it's a, um, we, have a, we had a great opportunity this year to build upon that and we couldn't take it uh, the bull by the horns, you know. It's, it's, it's really what makes it sad for me because we have so much support there. The, the community are right behind us. And a lot of that comes back from the hard work the boys put into the community, the boys are putting into their game because I think our, our real fans do see the energy and that that real um, the 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 team playing with the heart, playing for the jumper, because I know they are. It's at the moment. It's just it's not there. And again, I repeat myself. We've got to find a solution and fix it. You finished the season with the Roosters, the Rabbitohs, who are one and three respectively on the ladder at the moment, and then a tough away trip against the Warriors. How important is this block of games for you as a coach for these guys to come out and, and show you some stuff heading into next year? Well, it's 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 important for me, Ben, to to show how much it cares to them. That that's something that's very very uh, well. There's there's never a debate about that for every game of football we're involved in, and and I don't have any doubt that the um, the, the boys will be there, you know, giving everything they've got again this weekend. And that's not to say we can, we don't think we'll take the field without thinking we can win. Um, we're about to jump into our preparation. We just just finished review. Um, and all our uh, rehab over the last 20, uh, 48 hours. Now we're moving into our uh, previewing of the Roosters and jumping into training tomorrow and, and starting to work on our game plan to beat the Roosters. There, there'll be no one taking the field thinking that that won't happen. Um, what, what's, really, what's really killed us this year is we haven't been able to keep a continuity of our best football team on the field, and yet we were still hinging onto the... You know, onto the Ninth or tenth spot, you know, on the back end of the top eight, um, you know, having Jack White and Jerry Croker out on the back line, having Josh Hodgson out of fourteen games has been has been really effective. For, or sorry, has really affected us this year. Not an excuse. Some of it's been our, our you know, our own fault. Um, other has been injury. Um, definitely not using it as an excuse, but it's there and it's really hurt us. It shows the depth too. I mean, the game against the Sharks, uh, there was you had like six or seven regular first graders out, including, you know, your halves. And then for them to pretty much go, you know, pound for pound with a team like the Sharks away, nearly get the chocolates. That's, a, that, that's never... Your depth uh, is very strong. But that, that for me is uh, something that is a non-negotiable, to turn up and for an individual to play his, you know, to give everything he's got for that weekend and to try and play his best game of football. That is a non-negotiable because I believe we prepare well. Uh, the boys are all wanting and keen to, to put the jumper on and play. Um, but to have that many players out and to play that well against Cronulla was very heartening, um, as, it, as it has been over the last couple of weeks. But we're not getting the wins and we need to change the, uh, 
we need to change the results around. It's as simple as that. Rick, I know it's hard to come and talk about um, the season when it hasn't gone the way you planned, but we appreciate your time on the podcast. And I know that the people that listen in every week um, will appreciate hearing your thoughts as well. Good luck for this weekend, the rest of the season, and in most particularly um, everything happening down there on the week- weekend in regards to the uh, the Ricky Stewart Foundation. Thanks, Ben. Thank you, mate. Thanks, Nick.